What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Red Nation News Podcast. My name is Solomon Lee at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, hello. Pretty good. Um, so can I ask you something? Yeah, ask me. Do you enjoy Lance Stevenson? <laughs> uh, I enjoy the existence of Lance Stevenson, I guess, is the way I'll answer that. Yeah, uh, okay. It's, it's a tricky subject, right? Um... Because I, I, I want to enjoy... I, I do enjoy him. Like, I enjoy him a lot. I enjoy the shenanigans a lot. But his checkered past makes me feel so guilty about it. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's like... I'm rooting for a bad person, but, like, it's, like, a really entertaining bad person. Like, like Louis C.K. Like, Louis C.K. was, like, one of my favorite comedians. And now it's, like, I can't... I, I feel bad watching his stand-up specials now. Because it's just, like... You know, like you, you know, the dude just. A like I feel the same way about Lance Stevenson. Like, like I mean, if you just Google Lance Stevenson and like you'll figure out what we're talking about. If you're a confused listener right now, it's just it's a, it's a it's a tricky subject. But the guy makes this playoff so much more entertaining, especially when he's la- he's matched up with LeBron. Like there is this one play today where LeBron just like shoved Lance, just just shoved him because he was just tired of his crap, and Lance just. Fell flat on his like on in a way that he probably wasn't supposed to fall, and just looked straight up at LeBron like like this is what you get like I, I just baited you into this <laughs> stupid foul. Yep, uh, it's he he is he's fun to watch out there. You're right about your concerns about him. Uh, it turns out that he's not the first bad person you've ever rooted for, and he won't be the last. Right. Same goes for everybody. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, it's pretty hard to, to like him as a person, but it's pretty hard not to be amused by watching him on the court. Right, separating the art from the artist is it's a real it's a real topic uh, in today's today's world. It is world. a topic. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's going to be a topic for uh, I I would guess the next ten years. It's gonna, until people stop making art. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Probably you're right. It's probably longer than that. Um, yeah, so let's do this. I, I've been trying to figure out how to go about this. So let's uh, just, just do this. Give me your grade on how you feel about how the Rockets performed in round one. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to give it an A- minus or like a B plus. Like, they did what they were supposed to do. They finished out a team that they were way better than in, in less than five, in less than six games. And, like, that's kind of what you have to do. But it wasn't very convincing. And, like, they struggled offensively a lot throughout the series up until these last two games. Uh, defensively, they were a stalwart up until these last two games. Like they've been kind of a different team every single game, and their consistency just hasn't been there. 
It's been a little bit of a worry, but like if you look at their statistics, like they're performing like one of the three best teams in the playoffs. Which is, it, it, you wouldn't believe that if you didn't look, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild, right? The, I mean, it's just because their defense has been on point in the series. I would give them a B because uh, good job needs effort. Like right. they very clearly knew they were the better team, which. Uh, I guess as long as you're the better team, you can get away with that, but it's probably not a habit you want to get into. Like the, o- the only real concern for me is that they sometimes rest on their laurels a little bit. Like game three, they shouldn't. Even with everything, I know, I know everything went right for the for the Wolves in game three, but uh, optimally, you'd like to see them be able to power through that. They really come out swinging. Like they've had bad first halves. You know, they just kind of come out there not really with any intensity and then they win it in the end because they're just a better team they know what they're doing but it'd be nice if they wouldn't dig themselves in those holes so yeah i think it's a solid b uh you shouldn't feel bad about it but there's room for improvement so is that just what it is you, you think they just overlook the wolves a little bit is that what it is uh it's partially that it's partially that the wolves are decent like they're not terrible we we think of the wolves as just like you know but nasty team, just like oh, they're the AC. They're gonna, they're gonna get crushed. <laughs> they were like a, you know, the Rockets were minus five thousand to win the first series from Vegas, as well. They should have been, but like the, the Wolves aren't that bad. They're 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 pretty good. The West in general is pretty good this year. Like basically everybody from from like three to eight was about even, honestly, uh, in the West this season. So uh, I think to some degree that it being a first round series made it feel like it'd be easier to beat them. Than it than it really was, but they beat him in five. Uh, you know they they had quarters where their effort was not great, and that's the only thing you can really like criticize them on. Yeah, you made a good point about the first half. So, like it, it really felt it really felt like it took them a while to get within their rhythm, and uh, that's been a little bit of a concern to me. Like they should, probably shouldn't wait till the third quarter to step on their throat. Like it's not an ideal situation. Um, but you're right. This team probably is better than an eight seed. Like this was a fourth seed before Jimmy Butler got hurt. I think even higher than that. I think they might have been a three for a while. Yeah. yeah, they were a third seed before Jimmy Butler got hurt. Um, but like you know, it is what it is. They beat them five games. Like it's you can't complain. Um, like I, I, I just, I just want to see like them to get a little bit more consistency. Like that's all I want from the Rockets in round two. It's just just give me some more consistency. I think they've played well when you put all the games together. Like as a whole, they've played well. But when you look at the pieces as a whole, like game by game, they just they're just a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, I, I on a similar note, what I'd like to see from them next round is for them to really come out there hungry for a sweep. Like I want to be convinced that they actually think they can and really want to sweep a team because it felt like with the Wolves, like they they wanted to finish the series off, but they didn't seem to have any real urgency about it, which they didn't really need to, I suppose. But uh, when you're gearing up for the conference finals, like I think that in this round, you really have to to get those wheels turning, and you really need to go out there with the intention that we demand to win every single game. Right, and and they didn't make really any adjustments this series. And I think that was a per- that was a purposeful thing. Like they really wanted to stick to their game plan no matter what. Like they didn't like they didn't make any devise any special defense for Towns. It was just a, a like a straight switch everything and then double occasionally. Like it wasn't like it wasn't anything special. And like pretty much like I think the Rockets really just wanted to they wanted to believe that they would win this without having to do too much. And they did that. But I think 
the next series where you're really going to get into the nitty gritty of like you know the different rotations and the different um, the different substitution patterns and you know different schemes like all that stuff. I think it's going to happen in round two, but in round one they really just stuck to what they did all the season, and that was good enough. Um, I, I guess you can't really ask for too much more. Yeah, uh, that's why it's you know the only thing they could do is improve their early effort a little bit, and we'll see how it goes. But it's about this whole season has been as good as you could reasonably ask for. This first round was more of the same. It never felt in jeopardy. There was not like a single moment in that series where I felt like there was a chance they could lose a series. <laughs> um, now I'm gonna say something, and and like I don't want anyone to take it the wrong way, and it's gonna sound like I'm getting on my high horse, but like the Rockets were like up go- big going into the fourth quarter of game four, right? And I started to see people clamoring for Danto- Mike, Mike D'Antoni to pull his starters. And, like, normally I agree in the regular season, I-, I agree with that sentiment. Like, I'm full, you know, rest your stars when you don't need it. But, like, this is the playoffs, man. Like, the Wolves, had, <laughs> the Wolves hadn't played their starters. They, they haven't pulled their starters yet. Uh, there was still enough time for them to make a-, a run. And rest doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. You rest... For the regular, for the playoffs, like so, so you can play heavy minutes in the postseason, like that. Yeah, that's, they're they're winning that game so they can have three days off. Right, like there's there's no like, I, I don't understand like why it's such a big outcry if D'Antoni doesn't like rest everybody in the fourth quarter. Like it's not like they, it's not like the Wolves had pulled Jimmy Butler and, and Towns out. Like they were still in the game. And like as long as those two are out, there's still enough time. There's still enough time for them to make a run. And like. Like this is what the postseason's all about, man. Like they they kept their starters fresh all season. Like they're they're good. Like all of their minutes stayed pr- relatively in in check all season long. And I don't know. Like I, I think it's just Mike D'Antoni. Like he's developed a little bit of a Tibbs reputation, and I think it's kind of unfair. Like he's not Tom Thibodeau. Like he's not he's not playing guys forty minutes a night. Like he's just like he's very much a rhythmic a rhythmic coach. Like like he's taught he talked about it. A lot towards the end of the season, like like he didn't want to rest his guys too much because he wanted the guys to play in a written rhythm. Like you always hear him talking about rhythm and tempo, and like he's very much a feely coach. And I feel like that's just that's just what you're gonna get. Like like you just have to live with it at this point. Like and it's not like he's doing anything absurd. Like it, they, I don't think they played their guys forty minutes once in the series. No, they played a totally normal amount of minutes last last game in the whole series. Yeah, I, I, I just like, like I'm done with that sentiment. Like, like you, you rest in the regular season so you can be fresh and you can play heavy minutes in the post. That that's the entire point of rest. LeBron's playing like forty five minutes a night right now. Like, like I'm, I'm not saying that's ideal, but like that's not what. But like. This is kind of why you you do it in the regular season, so you can afford to do it in the po- you can play every minute of the postseason. Like every game matters in the postseason. Like every game is life or death in the postseason because and and that's why you can afford to play every minutes in the regular season. Like games don't matter as much, and that's why resting is is important. Um, but yeah, um, we should probably talk about Harden's defense in this series. The guys stepped up big time. And it's not just the steals and blocks. It's the effort. Like, he was just rotating really well. Like, it's some of the best defense I've seen from James Harden in a Houston Rockets uniform. Like, the guy was legitimately impactful. The Rockets were four points per 100 possessions worse on defense when Harden wasn't on the floor. And um, you can look at other statistics. You can look at defensive win shares. You can look at, you know, if you're really old school and you want to look at steals and blocks, like, sure, but those really don't tell the whole story all the time. 
Um, but yeah, he's he was a really good defender in this series, and I'm wondering how like how long this lasts. Like, can he carry this momentum into the second round? Because if he can, like, that's a real ace in your hole. Like, that's that's a big weapon to have, um, hard and focused like that. Um, maybe it's because Mbamute is out, and the Rockets felt like they needed to get their max effort out of everybody. But like defensively, Harden was really important for them in this first round, which is something you don't expect to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he can totally keep uh, giving us a little effort. That's all it really is required, that he just keeps giving us a little effort uh, on defense, and he will be a positive defender. He has the tools he needs. You know, he, His focus is not great, but when he tries, he can try. Uh, he, he doesn't have to be a negative mass defender. People think that he's innately just a terrible defender. He's not. Uh, he's been in bad schemes and he's had bad effort and bad uh, you know attention years, but he's looked good this season. He's looked quite good these playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I think that he's going to continue to be playable on the defensive end. He better be. He's he's not worth his salt as the best player on a championship team if he can't do this. So right, he's very much a fine defensive player at this point. He's, you're never going to get him to be a great defender. Like he was really good in this series, but like really good for James Harden. Like it's not like. You know, I, I, I'm not saying he's like in Bamute at this point, but he's he's been good, and it's just something to note. It's just something I noticed. Um, so, as we speak right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing the Utah Jazz, and they're fighting for their life in an elimination game. Um, and like, like I, I've I've seen people talk about this on Twitter. I'll just go bring the conversation here. Like, is there an opponent you, you want to face in the second round? Like, is there someone you have your eye on between those two? Um, is And if if so, why? Man, I, I don't know if people believe me when I say this, but I just don't really care. Like, I, it doesn't matter who they meet. They're better than both those teams. They just, I, they're not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. It's, it's, it is whoever it is. Yeah, like, and, like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, these are pretty much the same team, as in, like, in terms of, like, the level of contendership. Like, one team has more star power, but, like, in, in, in you know, in whole, they're about the same level of team. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I feel like maybe, like, you probably want this series to go seven. But, like, aside from, like, that, I don't see any real advantage of facing the Oklahoma City Thunder versus playing the Jazz or vice versa. Like it's just like they're both gritty defensive defensive teams. Uh, they both have annoying wings, which might you know bother the Rockets. But like I don't think I I just don't see a real challenge here. Like I think this might be a very much like a five or six game series in the second round. And I don't know. Like like I'm just interested to see like are there are there, are there any of these teams going to make the Rockets adjust? Because they haven't they haven't had to adjust yet. Um, and if if that's if that's the case, I mean, I'm fascinated to see what that adjustment is going to be. We've talked about PJ Tucker being like a big like bellwether for the Rockets in the playoffs, and so far he's been great. Like he's been making teams pay for sagging off of him, and like uh, that was something I was watching for in the first round. And I don't, I want to see if that continues. But other than that, like I don't like I just there's not much interest here. Like I don't have any I don't have any rooting interest in this series. Um, and I'm just watch. I just I just kind of watch. Want to see a good game, and like if if the Thunder come out uh, and they and they win this game and they force a game seven, great. Like that's more rest for the Rockets. If not, you know, and the Jazz win and they close it out. I mean, all power to them. The Rockets play earlier than they were supposed to. That's pretty much the only difference, right? 
Yeah, uh, is which day of the week they they start playing on. Uh, for what it's worth, the Jazz have a little bit better metrics than the Thunder do. Not a ton, but like a bit. So I think the Jazz is a better team overall. But honestly, it's just it's so immaterial. Like it's, it's just it's a coin flip. Yeah, they're either one's going to be a pain in the butt, but like they're going to be more of a pain than the Wolves were because they're. Like OKC has more talent and can go on more crazy runs. The Jazz are just sort of a better put together team overall. Like they actually, the Wolves had a lot of injuries and were still figuring out how to not be children. Uh, so I definitely <laughs> think they'll be tougher than the Wolves, but I don't think like by a ton. I mean, consider this. Here's here's the thing I've been thinking about. Uh, remember on the last day of the season when anybody could land anywhere in the playoffs, basically. Right. The Rockets could have gotten the Jazz or the Thunder in that first round. Would you have been worried about, like, would would you feel differently about them as a first round or second round opponent? No, I mean, like, it, it's just, like, the Rockets are, we, we've talked about this, the Rockets are just such head and shoulders above everybody. They shouldn't, and these teams should be a cakewalk for them. And that, and that sounds a little bit cocky, but, I mean, it's, it's just, that's we have these expectations for the Rockets. Like, yeah, it should be a five or six game series. Right, like if it goes seven, that's a disappointment. Like that that that's legitimately if if we see a game seven in round two, that's that's does not look that does not bode well for the Rockets going into a Warriors series. Yeah, I think a lot of like the, I guess trepidation is coming from the fact that it is a second round series. Like if. If the Thunder had landed the Rockets in the first round, I guarantee you, everyone would have been, everyone would have, would have also predicted five game win in that in that series. But because it's the second round, because if they've beaten the Jazz, they're more credible. Then like so it feels more threatening because it's the second round. But they're still the Jazz and the Thunder, right? We still would have favored the Rockets to beat them in the first round. Why would we not favor them to beat them in the second round? So like I said, I don't. I, I think the Jazz are a little bit better team, I guess. Uh, so I suppose you might prefer the Thunder, but it just feels like they're neither of them are near the level of the Rockets. They're not so different in how good they are that it's a huge, a huge gradient. So you just play whoever you play and don't worry about it. I'll say this: I think the, the fans should feel the same way. I'll say this: the, the Thunder feel a little bit more combustible than um, than the Jazz. Like the Jazz are so well well put together. I think they're better coached. I think. I think they're smarter in how they play, and I think I think they have a clear and coherent plan. And the Thunder, I don't believe, have that. Like it's pretty much let Ross, let 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 Russ and Paul George go crazy, and that's it. And like it's you know it's it's not this it's it's very different in that they don't have a spaced floor. Like the Rockets kind of do the same thing, but they have a spaced floor. They run a ton more pick and roll. Their their guys are better shooters, and like it's it's different. But like I just feel like. That the Jazz are much better put together, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're a coherent team that makes sense. They have a they have like a functional offense. Yeah, they swing the ball threes. around a lot yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Their like, offense, but their offense is also, I think, more schemable, if that makes any sense, because it is like an offense that you can figure out. Uh, OKC's offense often boils down to Russ does things, and you can't really scheme that one out, right? It's just it it. Whatever happens, happens, and you just try to guard Russ. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll see. I think that the Thunder have a higher variance, but that the Jazz have a like a higher expected value. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 
All right, so we got the vegetables out of the way. Let's get to the dessert. Uh, I want to slam the thunder for a little bit. Um, but <laughs> la- last week I came out here and I admitted I was wrong for saying Harden would never win an MVP. But this week I'm going to do some victory laps. Um, Carmelo Anthony looks awful, and he's looked awful all season. I told you so. I told you so. I got so much crap <laughs> from people on Twitter when I said I preferred the Rockets to keep Ryan Anderson than trade for Carmelo Anthony. And my rationale was simple. Carmelo was declining, and he, he was declining fast. And it was so obvious to anybody who watched the Knicks, and I felt like his name value was higher than his on-court value. But, like, I, I just felt like people thought, right, like, Carmelo Anthony was going to be this huge game-changer. And I battled against that for the longest time. And, like, I just, I, I, was, not a, like, I was not crazy about the Rockets trading for him. And he looks awful. He looks pretty much washed. Like he looks a lot worse than he did last year. So like I'll give you that. Like he 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 does look different than he did last year. But like quite quite frankly, he wasn't gonna be this crazy addition everybody thought he was gonna be. And I, I don't know. I just want to do some victory laps. I just like the right now. PJ Tucker looks a lot better than Carmelo Anthony. Like he looks like a much more functional and useful basketball player than Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, uh, Anthony's awful. He's he can't move. He can't shoot. Like you said, if he w- if he was playing the same way he did last year, he'd be a lot more usable. Even with like he's doing the Olympic mellow thing that people were looking for, right? He's doing a thing where he's he's he flies off the ball. He catches and shoots. He uh, you know he he relegates himself to a lesser role so the team can uh, use him as a decoy and such. But he's not good at that. He's not good at anything. He's just bad. Whenever he's on the floor, they get destroyed on on the defensive end, uh, and they, they can't rely on him to shoot anything on the offensive end. He'll occasionally shoot well, like he did against the Houston in the last game the Thunder and Rockets played this season. But anybody will occasionally shoot well. He's just bad, and you're right. Like I don't know if how prescient you were about it, and I don't know how much we like didn't expect he would drop off or we misestimated how much he already had dropped off. But, yeah, he's basically unplayable this season. Uh, that last Thunder Rock and uh, Jazz game, the Thunder came back in miraculous fashion, and it happened while Carmelo Anthony was taken off the court, and right. that's for a good reason. Yeah, and, and I'll say this: like nobody expected him to become just a bad shooter. Like that was it's that's weird. Like with Carmelo Anthony, you always knew you had a good three point shooter there, and right, and that was the whole rationale for trading for him. Like you have a good three point shooter, so you're not losing too much, and he can make you play you you can make you pay off of closeouts right that was the rationale there right and the guy just like he doesn't look like a good three-point shooter it's weird and his percentages are much worse than they were last year and like he's like i i think i think we romanticize olympic mellow way too much like i i just think like olympic mellow like first of all that was a very special environment like it's like he was playing next to peak kobe bryant and peak lebron james and like some of the best basketball players of all time and the the three-point line was closer in europe and like there was a bunch of extenuating circumstances around how well he played in the olympics and like it's not just that like he's definitely gotten worse his skills have deteriorated over time but like you can't recreate that situation anymore at age 32 that's that much is clear like the guy is just a inferior basketball player from now than even where he was in 2012. Like in 2012, he was a pretty good basketball player, 
Um, but like now it's it's gotten to the point where he's probably like his best situation in the NBA might be like an inefficient bench scorer. Like he might be like a like a Lou Williams type, but not as efficient. Like that's kind of where you're at with Carmelo Anthony. Well, take him. You earned <laughs> him. Uh, you t- you told us also, and uh, honestly, I'm glad that the thing you told us was so was so because now the Rockets are much better than the Thunder. Okay, let's move on to the rough discussion. So I'll clear out here and I'll let you get your opening thoughts up because I feel like when I texted you, it felt like you had a lot to say on this subject. <laughs> All right. Uh, man, uh, this is a pretty fraught issue right now. And in fact, it was wild like a couple nights ago when everybody was ready to pile on Russ as it looked like they were about to lose that game. And it really looked like they were about to lose that game. The Thunder were down 25 points in the third quarter. You don't win games like that. But then they went on what was like a 35 to seven run or something. The Jazz stopped hitting shots. Uh, Rudy Gobert fouled out, and when he came back, or he, he he got in foul trouble when he came back in, he was very worried about uh, fouling, and they were able to pressure him. So that was an intense situation, and suddenly the worm turned rapidly. Uh, there's a lot of feelings out there about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, the last year's MVP campaign is still not over, which is pretty wild. Like, it is currently getting litigated in the playoffs as we speak. Uh, a, yeah. There's a ton of people who are ready to, like, if and when the Thunder lose this series, they are going to get, like, they're just going to get deluged by haters. And I, all right. I am done litigating last season's MVP award. There were four guys, all of whom were perfectly deserving MVPs, and it's fine. It's over. It's fine. Moving on. Russell Westbrook did an amazing thing, and it's not bad that he won that MVP. But good Lord, the universe seems to be trying to convince everybody that that was the wrong choice, right? Like, I don't think it necessarily was the wrong choice, but every part of reality seems to be conspiring to make it look like it was the wrong choice. Yeah, I'll say this. And, like... Russ is clearly an impactful basketball player, but he's also clearly flawed, right? Like, and yeah, like, and I hated when when we were never allowed to have an on, honest conversation about him, and like we always heard "Let Westbrook be Westbrook," and that infuriated me because, like, like that's not first of all, like that may not be if he's your best basketball player, that may not be a viable strategy to winning, like. Like real playoff series or ever winning a championship, if if that's gonna be your, if that's gonna be your comeback every single time, like okay, fine, then win forty eight games every year. Let Westbrook be Westbrook, like that. Like that's kind of where I'm at with with Westbrook. Like if that's your rationale, like if you truly feel like he shouldn't have to change as a basketball player, then you have to you have to live with the results. This is what you get. This they added Paul George and they're one win better. Right and and I know there's a lot of stuff behind that. There's a like the Thunder were a lot better in clutch in clutch situations last year and lo- and won a lot of the, a lot of games that they shouldn't have. And this year they are, aren't as good. And I, I get it. I get it. I I totally hear you, Thunder fans. Like I I understand it. Like but the fact of the matter is like they still are not that much of better of a basketball team after adding Paul George. And I know they lost some key role players this this summer. But th- and they downgraded by getting picking up Kamala Anthony. Right, that's def- you can definitely say that, right? Like I understand the rationale there. But you added Paul freaking George. Paul George and Russell Westbrook should be enough to get you to fifty wins. Like I'm sorry, but that sh- that should be enough to get you to fifty wins. Fifty wins is not asking too much. 
it's not a, it's not asking you to to move the the sun and the moon. Like it's it's just it's it's, it's a baseline for a, a good basketball team. And I I just don't understand why they underachieved this year. And and if the rationale is like oh like well they still don't have shooters that there's their defense uh, isn't as good without Robertson and you're right like their their defense definitely took a dip without Robertson and that he was definitely an impactful basketball player and I I, I get it like I, I know like trust me I'm I was the guy clamoring for Luka Mute being a key role player and I got slammed on for it right like being like I I get that these guys matter right these marginal players aren't as marginal as you think. I understand that. But your team should still be better than this. And that's kind of that's kind of the thing with Westbrook, right? Like, you can never get... Like, you're always getting half of what you want. Yeah, he's a... Uh, he made us not be a guy who can be your best player. Or at least the way to best use Westbrook individually is probably not going to be enough to win you a championship for whatever that's worth. Maybe you don't care about winning a championship. Uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point that last season their win total was inflated. His right. incredible clutch play, make of it what you will, it won them a bunch of games they probably shouldn't have won. They won 47 games they probably should have won like 42 like they were about a 500 team last season, but we don't realize that because they they won a bunch of games they shouldn't have, and then they they are actually played below their uh, point differential this season. So they probably should have won 50 games. Honestly, they lost some games that were pretty close. You know, they won some games big. So they did underachieve a little bit this year. They overachieved a bunch last year. But be that as it may, uh, the important thing here is that. We go on and on about triple doubles. I know it's like a running joke among Rockets Twitter to make fun of like to make fun of people it's for not just Rockets doubles. Twitter. So, it's not oh, just yeah, Rockets it's, Twitter. It's, it's gone more now. Yeah, it was. It mostly was Rockets Twitter before. It's everybody who's kind of tired of the Russ experience now is is clowning about that. But the fact of the matter is that they should be getting in those triple doubles because that's the way the team has their their best success. And that's not good, though. Like it's this is their their game plan is that Russ does everything and gets all the all the rebounds, all the assists. That's what works for them. But that's not a winning. That's not winning in long term. That'll win this season. Like game to game, that's the best thing they can do, and it's totally fine. They don't like they should stop pretending like oh he just completely does it by himself. No, the whole team is in on it because it helps them. Like it's not stat padding. This is just their game plan. But also, don't act like it's only just one guy doing everything. This is what they want to happen as well. They should. Uh, but it's not a recipe for long-term success. You're not, you have a ceiling on how good that is. And that's where everyone's kind of gotten at this point. That they're realizing that there is a ceiling to Russell Westbrook's teams. And it depends on how good Russell Westbrook is on any given night. And honestly, I think most of what the Westbrook hate comes from two places. One is that that MVP last year was so contentious. And it's like... It's looked so bad since then. And then two is that he's just, he's obnoxious. Like, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook is obnoxious. It's funny that he's such a turd after the games and stuff, but he goes out there and just, he's so sensitive and irritated and just wants to be mad at everybody. He comes out and says he's going to shut that down with a, with a Rubio and then they get wax the next game. And then he's like, Oh, we're not going to talk about that. Like he just, he's, this is how he always is. He always is mad at the media. He always acts like anything anyone says to him is them trying to get him. It's no wonder that people are irritated. He's not doing himself any favors, but it's like being pissy at every possible turn. Well, here, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I still don't think he gets enough crap for for that. Like, I, like the, the way he treats the media is just, 
Like you can't ask him a question. Like is 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 that where it's at with Westbrook? Like you can't ask him good questions that like I like you you see these press conferences and they're not asking absurd questions. Like when Greg Popovich does that that thing with the media, like he turns down like talk about this, talk about that. Like he he turns down questions that are very much stupid that aren't questions, right? And he makes fun of yeah. those. And, and to be fair, Popovich was a bit, a bit particularly mean recently. But I think we got to give him a pass on that. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's gone through a lot. Um, but um, it's different with Westbrook. Like he just, he's just mean for no reason. And I, I don't understand. These guys are just trying to do their jobs. Like they're they're in the locker room and they're tr- they're trying to write their post game pieces. They they have a deadline. They they don't want to wait forty five minutes for you to take a shower and and answer their questions. Like they don't want to be there as much as you don't. Like it's just a thing we do now, and like I, yeah. I it's just I don't know. Like it, it, I, I just I don't understand why, like that disrespect has to be there. It's the whole team, man. Like there's plenty of of reports have been written about the Thunder team and how they deal with the media. Like you don't you do not want to be a media member and dealing with the Thunder because they basically treat you as persona non grata, and they they you know they make you out to be the enemies of the players. There's a reason that KD's like this also. He's a, he's very similar now. He deals with the media. He's always like he's always feels persecuted and irritated by them. The other Warriors right. don't care. They'll he just was talk to you. But, environment, right? Yeah, they, they're groomed this stupid Oklahoma City environment. And thank God that James Harden got out of there. Like he's clearly different from those other two. Like James Harden talks to the media and he just talks to him like a normal person. <laughs> like you have Russ and Kitty are always being all weird about it. So I I do think that's a lot of why people are kind of. Uh, wishing ill for Russell Westbrook is that they don't like the way he is obnoxious constantly. Uh, I don't really have much of a problem with Westbrook. I think he's irritating with the media stuff, but that's there's plenty of guys who are like that. Uh, I just don't like the Thunder organization. I don't like that team. I don't like the way <laughs> they do things. I don't like their ownership. I don't like how they started existing. So I just sort of I don't like the, the fraught history that Houston has with the Thunder over the years. So. I don't wish Russ any ill, but it would not make me sad to see the Thunder lose in the first round. Yeah, well, I mean, like there there are a bunch of reasons why Russ is so polarizing, right? And and you you stated a couple of good ones there. I mean, also like there are like you know flaws in his game, like like just the inefficiency in his shooting and the fact that he takes so many three pointers they should be taking. Yeah, he keeps taking them. Yeah, he's bad at me. He keeps taking them. Yeah, the, the turnovers get a little ridiculous, and he, I understand he he has a high usage rate and he dribbles the ball a lot. But like like he has some of the worst turnovers in the game. And like it's not just the turnover. Like when you turn it over like in a key possession. It's like it, I feel like you should get an extra turnover if you turn over like in the last five minutes of like, a basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's, in a clutch it, situation, live ball turnover. Yeah, because it hurts you that much more, right? Um and like it's 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 a lot of things, and it's it's the way he plays, the way he goes about it. It's it's what you said with Ricky Rubio. Like, why the hell is he trying to shut down Ricky Rubio? Like, the the Jazz want that man. Like, you the the Russ severely harmed the Thunder's defense by doing that. He got four fouls out of the game, and he and like Rubio was baiting. Like, he was legitimately baiting Russ. Like he like he knew that he that Russ was gonna go at him hard after the beginning tip. It seemed pretty obvious that like he was he was gonna do everything he can to make sure like and like the the Jazz like were benefiting like so like like crazy like Russ would wouldn't sag off on Rubio on the three point line for help defense like 
why why wouldn't you let Rubio shoot? Like just for some personal vendetta, <laughs> like that's dumb to play help defense. You should sag off a Ricky Rubio. That's something like that benefited the Jazz. Like and it's like I saw some I saw someone on Twitter. I can't remember the name, so I'm sorry. I saw someone tweet that like that's Russell Westbrook fa- somehow found a way to make defense selfish. Like that was like that's the perfect summation of what he did, like in that game and. It's it's just there are a bunch of things about his game that drive me crazy, um, and like he reminded me so much of players that drove me crazy in the past, like Iverson and Kobe, and like we we just weren't allowed to talk about their flaws, like like these type of players like are so polarizing, and it's like that the other way too. They have a lot of fans, they have a lot of fans. Players like Iverson, Kobe, Westbrook, like they have huge internet fandoms, like all over the internet, and. People that are lining up to defend him every time you criticize even one mistake, and that partly drives what what, drive, what drives people crazy about it. Like it's like you can't have an honest conversation about him. Uh, yeah, it is obnoxious how you know two sided it is. You have to be either pro Russ or anti Russ. You can't just uh, have the real take, which is that he's an amazingly talented player who can do nearly anything but the way he chooses to play uh, oftentimes limits his team. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like we fleshed this out as much as we possibly could. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at RedNitchNoops and at DoNots on Twitter. Uh, give us a good review on iTunes if you have the show. Give us five stars. It helps people find the show. Helps us uh, support the show if you can. And yeah, guys, good night.